We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Striking Gold, your 49ers podcast on the Blue Wire Network. This may be, unless Tyler wants to work a little bit of his editing magic, maybe one of two intros you hear during this podcast. This is actually taking place after I've already recorded the pod, but literally minutes after I got done recording the pod, some of which was spent talking about the fact that the 49ers hadn't made any moves at the start of free agency. And, you know, right now we're kind of just waiting to see what direction they go. Are they waiting for a Jimmy Garoppolo train? But literally minutes after I hit stop recording and was getting ready to send the audio files off to our editors, I even was going to title it, The 49ers Aren't Into Legal Tampering, which is the name of this period in which you can't technically sign anybody, but you can. You can agree to a deal. The 49ers hadn't done anything all day as we watched other teams kind of roll through, which we'll talk about during this pod. But right after I got done recording, the 49ers, per Adam Schefter of ESPN, decided to sign former Chiefs corner Charvarius Ward uh, for a three-year deal worth up to $40 million, $26.7 million guaranteed. Usually a lot of people say take the, 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 the time of the deal and divide it by the guaranteed money. That's kind of like their base salary, somewhere between 8 and $9 million a year. Um, and the 49ers got a corner that you can presume is going to be their number one corner uh, opposite Emmanuel Mosley. And maybe there's going to be a little competition there between Mosley and Ambry Thomas to be the number two guy. The, the Whoever loses out on that might bump down to nickel corner, which is still essentially a starter. So like I said, right after I got done recording the pod, the 49ers made their first move, their first big move of free agency. Uh, and I wanted to make sure I had it on here. That way you guys didn't spend the entire podcast yelling at me, even though I can't hear you, about the fact that the 49ers actually did make a move that I wasn't talking about. I do mention Charvarius Ward in the podcast as a uh, as a possible option for the 49ers at corner. No Nostradamus stuff, just one of the guys I've, I saw everybody talking about. And uh, so cool. I mean, hey. Hopefully this gets put at the beginning of the podcast so that you can listen to this and then kind of know this as you're listening to the pod, given I didn't know that the 49ers made that move yet. Um, but hey, thanks for dropping in. I hope you rest of the pod. I got a solid 40 minutes talking through the 49ers uh, moves or, or lack of moves there far. Therefore, there we are. We can't even talk. The 49ers moves who they haven't signed, who's signed elsewhere, what it means to the 49ers, what it's going to look like going forward. That is all coming up next. Stick with us. But like I said, I wanted to jump in here and let you guys know the 49ers made their first move. Jarvarius Ward, three years, 
former Chiefs, $42 million, including $26.7 million guaranteed. I will wait till later when I can take a, a stronger look at this player before I give you my yay or nay type of analysis that who knows how much that's worth anyways. But hey, rest of the pod coming at you now. Appreciate y'all. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Striking Gold, your 49ers podcast on the Blue Wire Network. My name's Rob Lauder. I cover the 49ers for all of you fine folks on the other side of the speaker. And free agency has begun. The legal tampering period sounds so weird. Doesn't that just sound the weirdest? Guys, this is the legal tampering period? I don't even know what that means. Like, what's happening? And who behind the scenes came up with the name legal tampering. I don't know. So weird. Sorry. I'm getting off track as I always do, but Hey, we are legally tampering here in the NFL. Free agency has essentially begun for everybody, but the 49ers who have done absolutely nothing, which I know you guys live through the Trent Baalke era. Now you've got John Lynch. It's no surprise that the 49ers aren't exactly making huge moves. We'll get to Trent Baalke a little bit later, but it has been absolute crickets in Santa Clara for the first day of free agency. Their name has been mentioned here and there as far as interest goes, but they have signed absolutely no one, which given the current state of the 49ers who are actually over the salary cap right now, That doesn't actually surprise me. They're in a very precarious position. It's not that they can't sign anybody, but they haven't done it yet. So we'll we'll get to that. And and today's podcast is going to be short and sweet, a lot of rapid fire news, just trying to kind of bring everything together for you guys. You know, obviously I like to offer my thoughts and kind of my my spin on something and and where I think it's going to go. Today is more about just recapping everything that's happened, and I'm going to try and kind of bring it in line with with how it affects the 49ers, and and some of this kind of just makes sense, um, and, and we'll just rock and roll. I don't know how long the pod's going to be. I know that we've got a ton of stuff to cover, and it'll be what it'll be. So could be 20 minutes, could be 40 minutes, um, but let's get rocking. Okay, right off the bat, right off the bat, I mean, does that work? People use the word bet for all kinds of things now. I bet. You know what I mean? Like. Right off the bet, right off the get, right off the, you know, that, whatever. Anyways, Lakin Tomlinson, man, Lakin Tomlinson, that Lakin Tomlinson that the 49ers traded for, I believe all the way back in 2017 for like a fifth or sixth round pick in like a future draft who just ended up being an absolute stud of reliability and solid play for the 49ers is now officially moving on. He signed a big contract with the Jets. And I realized I put in my notes to bring up his full contract, and then I didn't bring it up. But I am going to. There it is. $40 million deal for Lakin Tomlinson. I'm assuming that's four, three years, $40 million. 
Good for him. Good for him. So what is that? Thir- about 13, 14 million a year, 13 million a year, 13.5. And that is just, I mean, it's outstanding to hear if uh, you could talk to anybody in that locker room about Lake and Tomlinson. And he was just an absolute pillar of the organization. Uh, bear rarely, rarely missed time. I don't even know if that man missed a game. I'd have to go I'd have to bring it up. Um, just, just absolutely everything the 49ers could have wanted him to be in that trade. And now the man is getting paid and that's what happens when you, uh, and that is a, a nod towards John Lynch, a nod towards Kyle Shanahan. And the fact that they saw something in Lincoln Tomlinson, who is a former first round pick, uh, from the Lions that just was not working out with that organization. And then he came to the 49ers and found his footing. Um, I am drawing a blank as to his name. One of my favorite follows on Twitter constantly breaks down the offensive line. I will try and, uh, I'll try and remember his name as I'm talking to you, but he always, he was always talking about how Lincoln Tomlinson was a very, very solid player that just seemed to be, you know, uh, having a rough time in, in for, uh, Detroit. And when he, the 49ers traded for him, he was talking about the fact that he could see Lake and Tomlinson having sort of a revival with the 49ers. And sure enough, you know, as the seasons went on, he started posting more and more of his clips of Lake and Tomlinson really finding his footing. And it really, really paid off for the 49ers. I mean, that is five years, four or five years of just absolutely stellar left guard play. Uh, especially when he paired him next to Trent Williams. I mean, the two of them together just made for an absolute brutal pair um, in terms of both run blocking and pass protection. So, you know, as much as you would like to keep somebody like Lakin Tomlinson, there was very, very little chance that the 49ers, you know, they probably set a number number in their heads what they were willing to pay Lakin Tomlinson uh, per year. My guess would be maybe six to eight million. And he just flew right past that. And there's not a whole lot they can do there. And that's the way it is, man. Especially the 49ers, they're at a point where they've drafted well. They've traded well. They're having to pay those players. They traded for Trent Williams and had to pay him, uh, make him the highest paid left tackle in the NFL. And that's just what happens. I mean, they've got big deals coming for Nick Bosa, Debo Samuel. Um, So the 49ers aren't in a position to dole out big contracts to anybody but players they deem absolutely essential and irreplaceable, like Debo Samuel, Nick Bosa, Trent Williams, uh, George Kittle. Um, In addition to Lakin Tomlinson, in terms of 49ers uh, making their way out of here, DJ Jones, defensive lineman, DJ Jones, nose tackle, one technique, right in the the middle of the defensive line, um, has been paid three years, $30 million by the Denver Broncos. And DJ Jones does not get enough love. I don't care how many snaps he played. I don't care if he's not a three-down defensive lineman. That man made Javon Kinlaw's loss this season almost irrelevant by how well he played at what have been a very similar position. Basically, DJ Jones and Eric Armstead made the, made it to where the 49ers could absorb losing a number th- uh, 13, 14th overall pick and it not send their defense into a tailspin. DJ Jones was a huge part of that, and that is why he is being paid $10 million a year, uh, you know, on average, to go play for the Broncos now. Not only that, but he has his own line of barbecue sauce. And if you won't pay a defensive lineman that has his own barbecue sauce, then you need to look inward. 
So DJ Jones got paid. Everybody loves DJ Jones. Same thing as Lakin Tomlinson, just a guy that's been there. Um, I think the 49ers drafted him in the sixth round in, what, 2017, 16, 17? And, again, 49ers doing real well late in the draft. You know, you find a guy like DJ Jones that just proves to be worth a big contract in the NFL. And although you never want to lose him, it's just another small feather in the cap of John Lynch and the fact that I need to make sure that DJ Jones was drafted by John Lynch. Why do I feel like he was a he was a previous era? That says 2017. So maybe I'm tripping. But I, I mean, whatever. It was right up, right up against it. So that's awesome, man. Anytime a late round draft pick can can make something of themselves and get paid big money, change their lives, change their families' lives. I mean, that is so damn cool. Six round draft pick getting paid thirty million dollars. Like, come on, man. That is so cool. I love it. I love it. So Lakin Tomlinson, DJ Jones, they're headed out. Those are the biggest contracts um, of 49ers free agents that have been offered so far. And like I said, the 49ers never would have matched those contracts. It's just too much. Uh, they just they're not they just not gonna have that kind of money to throw around when you think of the players that are that are, you know, due for money coming up on the 49ers uh, roster. Um, on the bright side with those guys, they're going to net the 49ers some pretty significant uh, compensatory picks in next year's draft. I would assume maybe a fourth, fifth rounder, maybe fifth, sixth. I, I just don't know. It's always tough to know because, it, you know, it all plays into the equation. Players the 49ers sign, players the 49ers let go, how they combine together, and then they kind of determine what comp picks you're going to get for that kind of class of free agency. So those guys should should combine to give the 49ers a decent uh, compensatory pick. And the, here's the biggest part of those two free agent signings. The pressure is now on John Lynch's high round draft picks. You have Javon Kinlaw, who was drafted, what is it, 14th overall? I know that they had the uh they had the they got the 13th overall pick from the DeForest Buckner trade, but I believe that was also one of the drafts where they did one of those goofy trades. Um Let's see. I'm always just willing to, to double this. Yeah, 14th overall pick. So they trade back one spot, drafted Javon Kinlaw. And then in this year's draft, this last year's draft, in the second round, they drafted Aaron Banks out of Notre Dame, who wasn't able to get on the field as a rookie. And, and that's normally not that much of an indictment. But as a second-round guard, when the 49ers are starting Daniel Brunskill and you can't get on the field, let alone he was rarely active, um, You know, now it's time for those two to – Fill the roles. DJ Jones stepped in to fill Javon Kinlaw's role as he uh, ducked out and needed required uh, knee surgery, which apparently they're doing great. I believe that was Matt Mayoko who reported that, that Javon Kinlaw's knees are not giving him any issues. Um, but we'll see. You know, he needs to be able to stay on the field. He's a 14th overall pick. And so does Aaron Banks, whether that's a right guard or left guard. I know, I believe Aaron Banks was a natural left guard at Notre Dame, and it was kind of a foreseen conclusion that he would be competing for the right guard spot, given how good Lakin Tomlinson was. But now Lakin Tomlinson's gone, and Aaron Banks might be able to slide into his natural position next to Trent Williams, which doesn't hurt. And we'll see if he can earn his keep, because if anything, Kyle Shanahan's shown that they're not just going to throw a guy out there because he's got high draft status. He's going to earn his way onto the field. So the pressure is on John Lynch's high round draft picks and Javon Kinlaw and Eric Banks to get Aaron Banks. It sounded like I said, Eric, 
to get on the field. And that is just a sterling example of the importance of the NFL draft. And I understand the Rams just, you know, were wearing fuck them picks, excuse my language, fuck them pick shirts. And, you know, just dealing those picks to trade for high price free agents. And it worked for them. They won the Super Bowl. Shout out to them. But at the same time, that's not really necessarily a sustainable model. And it's kind of like a flash in the pan thing. If you can do it that year, it works. And then it kind of comes back around. Or at least it should. We'll see. Maybe they'll keep pulling it off in some weird way. But those two exiting and the two rookie draft picks, not rookies anymore, excuse me, the two draft picks stepping in is is just this, a sterling reputation of what the NFL draft is all about. The fact that your team can continue to thrive as long as you hit on your draft picks and you created good depth. If those two players don't work out, the 40, now those position groups are going to suffer. And it's just that simple. It is just that simple. And, you know, the 49ers are right up against the salary cap. Like I said, of I believe per over the cap, they are officially still over it. They are over it. This says by 9.5 million, which is a lot. Um, there are a few things that they can do to bring that number down. And they need to be under the salary cap by Wednesday. I'm recording this on Monday night. They need to be under the salary cap by Wednesday the 16th. Right now it is the 14th. So there are some things that they can do to play the game to get underneath that salary cap number. Um, there are a few players out there that would probably... Guys who are good restructure candidates are players who are making a lot of money, but you don't see them going anywhere anytime soon. You want them around more. So a restructure just doesn't really matter. Yeah, it pushes some of the money into the background, but if you're going to extend them again, you could kind of offset that more, continue to play the game. And so you've got players that are that are good candidates for restructures to just slide the 49ers underneath the salary cap. They'll convert base salaries to bonuses and play all those weird games that none of us can ever seem to just completely understand. Uh, you've got players like Eric Armstead. Uh, I believe I, I believe I brought this up. Let me let me push through this. Now let's just go to the 49ers here. I'm going to get you their numbers. Um, you've got Eric Armstead, who's making who has a $20 million salary cap number. You've got George Kittle, who has a $16 million salary cap number. Um, Trent Williams, I wouldn't really get into because they just re-signed him, so I wouldn't go about necessarily restructuring him at this point. And then you've got Jimmy Ward, who has a $13 million salary cap number. So, you know, there's, there's some candidates for restructuring there. Um, and that just nece- wouldn't necessarily... Uh, wouldn't necessarily hurt. Are the 49ers planning on moving on from any of those players? It wouldn't seem like it. Those are kind of like core core members of this football team that would probably, if the 49ers want to have any sustained success, those guys are probably involved in it. So there's some easy way for them to make money right there and get under their salary cap. Now, of course, the easiest way to get under their salary cap, anybody? Yep. You guessed it, trade or get rid of Jimmy Garoppolo. That is the easiest, quickest, most expected way, I guess you could say, of getting under the salary cap that the 49ers could do is to get rid of Jimmy Garoppolo. But they have not done that yet, surprisingly enough. Surprisingly enough. We'll uh, we'll talk about that in a little bit. Um, and... 
last kind of little tidbit on, on the 49ers activity so far. Uh, they did bring back Juwan Jennings, wide receiver, who like firmly see, firmly established himself as kind of the number three. Um, really impressed with what we saw from him uh, throughout last season. They're bringing back Juwan Jennings. They're bringing a wide receiver Ju- Juwan Jennings, running back to Michael Hasty, defensive lineman Kevin Givens, defensive lineman Maurice Hurst, offensive lineman Colton McKivitz, who kind of took on that swing tackle role, and quarterback Nate Sudfield. And they gave Nate Sudfield pretty firm backup money. So it seems like they are, I believe it was about $2 million guaranteed. So it would seem that Nate Sudfield, the 49ers are planning on him being Trey Lance's backup. So all those players had a significant role throughout the season. Uh, Kevin Givens and um, Maurice Hurst, quality backup, quality depth, good rotational players. As long as Maurice Hurst can stay healthy, I believe he battled uh, leg injuries throughout the season. Um, Juwan Jennings, like I said, super solid player last year. He made some great plays, and it seemed like he kind of forged himself into that Kendrick Bourne third down role. Um, and and he, you know, he started to earn some nicknames as the season went on. Uh, just about his reliability on third down. Jimmy Garoppolo would look to him often towards the latter half of the season. So I'm glad they brought him back. Um, and then you obviously got some. Uh, a little bit of running back death for Jamichael Hasty, and then, like I said, that swing tackle role for Colton McKivitz, who was a fifth round pick uh, a couple of years ago. So, you know, just solid moves, expected moves, nothing, nothing crazy. Those aren't necessarily free agency moves; they were their own players that they were just kind of making sure they held on to. Now, quarterback stuff, quarterback stuff, quarterback stuff. Tom Brady is no longer retired. He stayed retired for like two months, and now he's coming back to Tampa Bay. And it's just weird. It's so weird. Like, what about all the rumors that nobody was getting along in that building? And that might have been Tom Brady's reason for leaving. And then obviously all the rumors that, you know, he make, may, he might make a play to work his way onto the 49ers. And that's obviously not going to happen. Well, I'm not going to say obviously. I guess the Tampa Bay could end up trading him. But who the hell trades Tom Brady when he's on your roster? Because what the hell are you going to do without him? And so, I don't know. It's crazy. You know, I... I I entertained the Tom Brady stuff um, as much as I could. You know, we had a decent podcast about it. We talked about the possibilities and how likely it was to happen. Uh, But it always just seemed like movie stuff, like draft day stuff, which I love watching. I'll have to go watch me some draft day soon. But it always just seemed like a bridge too far. And now Tom Brady's even retiring was not to be. And now he's back with the Buccaneers. And yeah, so at this point, I think that, kind of just signifies, you know, stop caring about Tom Brady and what he's going to do and just let it happen because I think some dude paid over 500 grand for Tom Brady's final touchdown pass before retiring. Like, imagine being that dude. Like, you just paid $500,000 for a football that might be worth $10,000? Maybe? I mean, how much of a market is there for a final touchdown pass before you thought Tom Brady retired, but he didn't. So anyways, we're moving on. Tom Brady's back. One more team that is no longer a suitor for Jimmy Garoppolo. On that note, the Pittsburgh Steelers, they signed Mitchell Jabisky to, I believe, a two-year deal. Uh, Might have been a three-year deal, but it kind of, I believe I saw that it kind of worked out to basically a two-year, $20 million-ish deal. And then the third one's kind of like, we'll see. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all 
don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. So that's funny. I mean, do your thing, I guess, Pittsburgh. Good luck with that. Um, the Deshaun Watson, since we were last on here, Deshaun Watson was cleared of all his criminal charges. Uh, I don't really want to throw around too many opinions on that. I don't know whether he's innocent or guilty. You know, you're, you're, you're innocent until you're proven guilty, I suppose. And, uh, they're still working on that. And again, just because he's not being tried criminally does not mean all those civil cases go away. doesn't mean all those allegations go away. He's just not... You know, he's just not being charged by the criminal justice system. So um, we'll see where that goes. But he is officially entered into the fray. Um, I did read that he kind of narrowed his options down to the Carolina Panthers and the New Orleans Saints, both of which are teams that were considered possibilities for Jimmy Garoppolo trades. But more interestingly, the Texans have denied Indianapolis because it came out that Watson wanted to meet with all these teams personally over the next 48 hours. And Indianapolis was one of them. And the Texans denied that meeting because they were not going to trade Deshaun Watson in within the, uh, within the division. So Deshaun Watson is not going to Indy and Indy has also been one of, if not the strongest kind of destination that people presumed would be, I guess you could say the strongest suitor for Jimmy Garoppolo. And so that's still there. And then you've got a couple other teams, obviously, if the uh, the Panthers or the Saints lose out, the team the losing team is going to be interested in Jimmy Garoppolo, and so you've really got this weird kind of limbo situation where the 49ers don't have a ton of time. They could buy themselves some time with those restructures, but they don't have a ton of time to figure out what they're going to do with Jimmy Garoppolo, especially with that league year approaching in like less than 48 hours. So 
it's just a really weird, really weird space right now. Um, it seems like something with Deshaun Watson, like it seems imminent, you know, it just seems like it's going to happen quickly. And then I feel like the Jimmy Garoppolo trade, if there's going to be one is going to happen quickly after that. Um, but the 49ers are kind of out of time. Like they're going to have to really work some, some contract magic if they're going to have Jimmy Garoppolo on the roster before when, or, uh, on Wednesday, you know, it, it goes from easily clearing that space with the departure of Jimmy Garoppolo to, okay, now we need to restructure this player and this player to create this money, um, which may put them in a bind later. I, I don't know. It's just 49ers in a really, really weird spot. And now Jimmy Garoppolo being in limbo is uh, is not helping them. And it's just a weird situation. Like I've heard – Jimmy Garoppolo was, you know, the 49ers turned down a second round pick. They, they've been offered um, a third and they turned it down. Like there's just been so many little things popping up around that. It's so hard to tell what Jimmy Garoppolo's market's going to be. Are they just going to release him? Can they get an offer uh, that Jimmy Garoppolo is going to approve of going to a team that he wants to play for? There's just so many things at work right now when it comes to that simple trade. And uh, it's really hard to know where it's going to go. The 49ers could very well just be like, eh, fuck it. Just cut him. Get rid of it. Let's save that money. You know, we miss out on the draft pick, but maybe they've got a feeling it's not going to be as high as everybody might think it's going to be. Maybe it's not a, maybe they're not getting any seconds or thirds. And they just, rather than scramble to restructure players that they don't necessarily need to restructure, they're just doing it because of the salary cap. Rather than just scramble through that, they just cut Jimmy Garoppolo and be like, all right, man, thank you for your services. Uh, you're out. So we'll see. We'll see. Uh, I'm not saying that that's necessarily going to happen. I still think there's a, uh, a a strong possibility that Jimmy Garoppolo is traded, but uh, it would seem like a very real, also a real possibility. They can just be like, all right, fuck it. Go choose your team, Jimmy. Good luck, buddy. And uh, and they cut him. So, you know, it's um, it's down to the needy, greedy, as Nacho Libre would have said. Let's get down to the needy, greedy. If you haven't seen Nacho Libre, what the hell's wrong with you? Anyways, now we're kind of moving along to any the things that we have heard about the 49ers in free agency. One of the things we've heard is that they're kind of connected and in the market for top-tier cornerbacks, which would make perfect sense. The 49ers' two corners uh, throughout the year you know, were an Ambry Thomas that kind of came on towards the end of the season. Uh, Emmanuel Mosley, when he came back, everything was great. Um, he did really, really well. So, I mean, that's a decent starting lineup. You would probably prefer Emmanuel Mosley to be like your cornerback too, and you kind of pay for somebody to be in front of that. And then Ambry Thomas can either go play in the slot to replace – uh, Kwan Williams, who's also hitting free agency, or um, competes for that number two role along with Emmanuel Mosley, or just as a, a healthy backup. You just want one more guy in there that can genuinely be on the field. Um, you know, they also have Demo- uh, second-year player Diamador Lenore, who may be better suited for that interior nickel spot. So we'll see. Um, but the the 49ers could definitely use a corner. I know they were kind of linked to. I think it's J.C. Jackson. Uh, let me bring up my uh, my corners here. Um, what did I do with them? There they are. There they are. Uh, JC Jackson, one of the top corners in free agency, if not the top corner. Uh, he already signed with the Chargers. I believe he's making it about $16.5 million a year. So that's a big number. It's not like as big as I would have thought it was, but probably a little too rich for the 49ers. Another, another player that they are, um, 
very closely linked to. I've seen it mentioned with them and the Raiders is Stephon Gilmore, a veteran corner now on the Panthers, uh, was on the Patriots. Really, really, really solid player. Probably somebody they could get for maybe two years, uh, $30 million, somewhere in there, you know, about a $15 million a year range. Maybe they're trying to get him cheaper than that, but we'll see. Uh, that could definitely be somebody that that steps in and provides that veteran presence among a pretty pretty young secondary, pretty young secondary, pretty pretty young young group of corners. Uh, there's also uh, Traverius Ward out of the Chiefs. He's a player that's been linked to the 49ers a lot. Um, KP, friend of the pod, uh, should be co-host if not for pettiness. Um, is over there at Niners Nation. He wrote a really cool kind of off-season piece on the 49ers and Charvarius Ward, who's a bigger corner. I don't think it says it on on over the cap side. I don't think they provide player measurements. They do. 6'1", 200 pounds. So he kind of fits that that um that mold that initially was was used in that 49ers defense. So um you know that could that could be somebody they look into. You've got Kevin King of the Packers, another name that's kind of thrown out there a lot. It's um there's still some options out there if the 49ers want to go with a veteran uh, corner in free agency, not named uh, Josh Norman. Uh, another name I've seen thrown out a lot is DJ Reed, former 49ers quarterback that was kind of probably with the hopes of sneaking him onto um, like injured reserve. and But he was swooped up by the Seahawks, and he recovered and played really, really, really well for them. And he could be somebody that comes back. You know, so that that would be that would be interesting. But again, you know, I just don't know how committed the 40. It seems like that's the biggest position the 49ers are linked to. So how happy are they with with Emmanuel Mosley going into the season with Emmanuel Mosley and Avery Thomas? It's just like we'll see. They were obviously getting the job done there later in the season. They really started around in a form, but. It really seems like if the 49ers are going to spend decent money in free agency this year, it's going to be for a corner. That just seems like where it's going. They've also been linked to um, some return men. Uh, Jalen Grant, Ray Ray McLeod, Khalif Raymond. Uh, these are all names that I have uh, seen uh, associated with the 49ers. And, you know, you can, you can see it. The 49ers special teams was not good. They could use a genuine threat whether it's punts, kickoffs, um, Jakeem Grant kind of seems like the best option there. You know, he's he's played six seasons. He's got, I want to say, about six turn six touchdowns on kicks, um, a little more punts than than kickoffs. And he's a guy that's, you know, he's had some experience as a receiver, and you know he's fast. So the 49ers are going to need a genuine deep threat. Now, is he a truly a deep threat? Is he somebody that defenses fear deep? Are any of these guys that? They're all fast, but that doesn't necessarily mean you earn cred as a deep receiver. But the 49ers are going to, and I do believe that Brandon Ayuk is capable of this, capable of this but the 49ers are going to need a guy capable of going deep with, with uh, um, Trey Lance taking over. Like the dude's got a rocket of an arm. They have to throw the ball downfield. They've got to work on his deep ball accuracy and they've got to test defenses deep in order to respect that power. You know, they can't, they're going to have to branch out of the offense that we've come to expect from Jimmy Garoppolo because he rarely, rarely threw it deep. And the 49ers need to change that with Trey Lance. You know, obviously you want to, you want to complete those passes. You want to create explosive plays, but 
just throwing the ball deep and scaring a defense as they have to watch the ball soar through the air and, you know, wonder if their cornerback's in position or if he's, you know, all that stuff. You guys get it. So any of these guys could probably kind of fill that role, you know, a little bit of a two-tiered signing, but um, it seems like maybe Jakeen Grant is probably the best one for that. We'll see. I mean, that to me sounds like a great way to spend your money, get you somebody that really puts a boost into your special teams, a unit that was struggling, maybe gets you some points you weren't expecting, some some short drives you're not expecting, somebody to just, just put a little bit of fear into an opponent's mind on special teams. You know, the 49ers just never seem to do anything significant on special teams and it, it would it seems like a good time to get somebody who can who can move the needle a little bit and kind of just get themselves into that upper echelon of special teams players and it starts with a dangerous return man and um another speaking of kind of speedy receivers um the 49ers have been routinely kind of linked as well to uh Marquez Valdez Scantling formally of the Packers. Now, Scantling is a he's an he's an interesting player, man. I mean, he obviously he was one of Aaron Rodgers' favorite deep targets. Uh he's 6'4, he's 205, he runs like a 435. Um last year with the Packers, he caught 26 passes for 430 yards and three touchdowns. Nothing eye-popping, but he averaged 16.5 yards a catch last year and almost 21 yards per catch the year before. And he had 690 yards for six touchdowns. And he's just a deep threat. That's that's what he is. And I have also read that his market might be somewhere over 10 million. I don't know about that. Like, you're talking about kind of signing a role player, a deep threat. I mean, if, if they were planning on using him a lot, then maybe, you know, you could get me with that. But at the same time, that seems like a lot of money to pay somebody who's never really just exploded in the league. He's made good plays. You know, his 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 long play for the last three years is 74, 78, and 75 yards. But it's, is that really somebody that's just going to move the needle for the offense? I don't know. And move the needle enough for a $10 million plus player? That's tough to see. I like I like the idea. I like the signing. I think it would make sense if they got him. But that's tough to just get on board with that kind of money when the 49ers are that much up against the salary cap. And they've got some other positions of need, like we were talking about in corner, wide receiver. Could probably look to add somebody along the offensive line, uh, maybe in the secondary at safety. So, I mean, is, is, a, is that speed, that deep threat, Really, like, is it that important to the 49ers to throw that kind of money at? I don't know. I don't know. Is he that good to throw that kind of money at? I don't know. Like, you know, what we were just talking about. I'd rather that that money, and it would probably be less, go to a a, a threat at punt and kick returner that you can just kind of groom into that deep threat you need him to be. Um, I don't want to. I don't want to slight Valdez Scantling and what he's done as a receiver, and I don't want to act like you can just receive that production from a punt or kick returner that just happens to be fast. But at the same time, it seems like that would be a better way to spend your money is on a, on a player that can have impacts on multiple, uh, on multiple teams within your organization. So, you know, interesting, 
interesting, you know, idea when it comes to Valdez Scantling, but it seems like it'll be a little too much. I mean, let's just get into it now. No, you know, hold on. We got a couple names to mention first. Uh, linebacker Bobby Wagner of the C, formerly of the Seahawks, is still a free agent. And I know that I read a tweet just now that said he, the Cowboys were pretty high up in his list, but it just would not surprise me if he was seriously looking at the 49ers and the 49ers were seriously looking at him. Another name that I literally just saw come up on my timeline right now was defensive end Frank Clark. Not a good person. Has done some pretty fucked up shit in the past. Um, Not going to act like he can't change, but what Frank Clark has done in the past is very well documented. Um, There was a rumor that if he hit free agency, he might uh, quite a few people paired him to the 49ers. And I was like, whoa, really? And, but it just says that, uh, but Ian Rappaport said that he reworked his contract to stay in Kansas city, two years, 29 million. So, okay. You know, the 49ers do need, you know, uh, maybe a little more pass rush potency opposite of Nick Bosa. If you got Samson Mebicom and that's it. D Ford, obviously we've, we've learned to move past that. So, I'm just kind of perusing through Twitter to make sure that we're not literally getting hit with something during the pod. It really is that kind of time. I'm just making sure that I haven't left some out. But anyways, Bobby Wagner left the Seahawks, ended up saying afterwards that he had to hear that he was being released from somebody else, I'm assuming from social media, um, versus the Seahawks telling him. You know, that that stings after a career like that. Imagine the 49ers, you know, in a different world where the 49ers just parted ways with Patrick Willis and he had to learn it through Twitter. You know, not only would that enrage the fan base, but it would just, it would enrage Patrick Willis. And if it would not surprise me if Bobby Wagner was seriously looking at the 49ers, the 49ers were seriously looking at Bobby Wagner, Bobby Wagner and pairing him with, uh, with Fred Warner. And, you know, it's just like, it's just like Richard Sherman. Bobby Wagner is also rep, represented by himself, just like Rip, Richard Sherman. And you could get a similar kind of a deal where the player just bets on himself just to give themselves a chance to be on the 49ers and play their former team twice and, and do the damn thing. It's just I have absolutely nothing else to substantiate that. I just I it's not a surprise. It wouldn't be a surprise if if those two sides were talking pretty seriously. But again, not a, excuse me, not a whole lot of money to throw around. So We'll see. Um, another name that's um, hitting free agency is Chief Safety, Chief's former safety, Tyran Matthew. Um, I've never felt like I ever had a good grasp on pronouncing that name. Mathal, 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 Matthew. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, And I know that one of those is probably correct or none of them, but I feel like I should Tyran Mathal, Matthew, Matthew. <laughs> so bad. I suck. Um, he's still out there. And the 49ers are losing to Quisky Tart. And those are two different names. Of course, they're two different names, Robert. Two different players, kind of two different positions. Uh, Tyran was more of that, a little bit more of like Jimmy Ward's role, kind of moving all around. But, I mean, maybe the 49ers would look at that. I'm, assu- I'm assuming Tyran's going to get a pretty big contract, though. But I just saw that name sitting there. I was like, man, that could be interesting. That could be interesting, but I think the majority of the 49ers signings are going to come a little later when they're not just 
signing players for absolutely premier deals, which is what's happening right now. Any deal announced during the legal tampering period um, is usually just the marquee free agents that are being paid a lot of money. Not to say that they aren't worth it, but, you know, that's I can see the 49ers just waiting to get some of the players that make it through that foray. Um, around the NFL, Texas quarterback Deshaun Watson had meetings already with the Panthers and Saints on Monday. We'll see if he's going to meet with any other teams. But again, that's two teams that were connected to Jimmy Garoppolo, and one of them is going to miss out. And then they're going to have to pay a lot less, now a lot less caliber of a quarterback, but then they're going to get the pleasure of paying a lot less for Jimmy Garoppolo if that's the way they go. So could get there, could get there. Um, What else do I got here? Oh, Trent Baalke. All of a sudden, guys, Trent Baalke decided to start spending money. The absolute number one thing that 49ers fans hated when Trent Baalke was here was the lack of premier free agent signings. And he has gone apeshit so far in Jacksonville. He signed Christian Kirk of the Cardinals to a four-year, $72 million deal. What the hell? I mean, damn. $18 million a year for Christian Kirk? What the fuck is going on? He also signed a linebacker who I'm not even going to pronounce, formerly of Atlanta. Alaukan? Aluakan? Aluakan. Three years, $45 million. Zay Jones of the Raiders? Three years, $24 million. Evan Ingram of the Giants, who has been off and on the field for the last three years. One year, $9 million. They signed Brandon Scherf, guard Brandon Scherf, to a huge deal. I mean, he's just going nuts over there. So it was like he looked back in his past and was like, I got fired from the 49ers for not spending money. We all know that wasn't exactly why. So I'm just going to spend some money over here. I'm going to spend it while I got it before I get fired. So he just starts shooting from the hip, signing all these wide receivers, tight ends, guards, paying them hell of money. It's wild. It's wild watching Trent Baalke do his thing. But hey, everybody tried to warn him. There were, I mean, the, the Jaguars fans were creating clown memes in order to make fun of their own team for keeping Trent Baalke. So, I mean, their own fan base tried to warm them, warm them, warn them. We'll see if it works out. I don't think it will. But, hey, that's it for today. That is all the news we've got today, and that is just after Monday, the first day of free agency slash legal tampering slash weird titles. A lot more is coming. I will probably be back on at some point later this week when some news comes along that I've just got to bring to you that we got to talk about. But, I mean, that's quite a lot. That's 40 minutes of podcasting. And I didn't even really give my own thoughts on anything that much. We just rifled through all the news. And that's a cool 40 minutes of a podcast right there. Just on the first day of legal tempering. So, bet on more coming your way. Bet on more coming your way now that free agency has gone underway. Because it's going to get wild. It's going to get wild. And we'll eventually have some clarity on Jimmy Garoppolo and the rest of, you know, the 49ers free agent moves slash free agent signing slash free agency adjustments. 
But y'all already know what it is. I appreciate you. Thank you for listening to the Striking Gold Podcast. It's only here because of you guys. Only here because of you guys. And I appreciate it. Thank you very much. But hey, we got to do the damn thing for another episode. I'm Rob. This is Striking Gold. And we are signing out.